It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to our Celtic State of Mind. We have a full house today, and I'm sure it'll be a full house, certainly in the Celtic end. At Pataudry, we have Ian Conroy all the way from New Zealand, Kev McCluskey from Hungary, and Chris McElwain from, I'm guessing, Glasgow? Or Glasgow, yeah. yeah. Stone's <laughs> yes. throw away from the stadium. Yeah, we we're international, we're continental, we're a Celtic State of Mind. We've seen the team lineups. We'll run through them first. Celtic are lining up as Joe Hart, Alistair Johnston, Mike Novroski, Liam Scales and Alexandro Bernabe at left-back. The midfield three is Callum McGregor, the captain, of course, Matt O'Reilly, Paolo Bernardo. And up top, no changes. We've got Leila Bada, Luis Palma and Kyogo Furahashi on the bench. Bain, the two new men, Kuhn and Ira. Home, Vata, Kelly, Forrest, Ralston and Welsh. We'll start off with the Celtic team. Kevin McCluskey, what's your initial thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. It's um, it's a strong team, strongest team available, which is something that we always want to put out in the park, uh, especially coming into this time of the season, second half of the season, getting towards that business end. You need the strongest team out to try and make sure of the three points in every game. And I think probably this is our strongest team. But I think, in a, what would, would you call it the elephant in the room? The discussion point is why have we stuck with the 4-3-3 when a lot of people are thinking... Now's the time to maybe change it up because what we've been doing over the past month or so, probably going back two months, apart from a few games here and there, excuse me, performance wise hasn't been good enough. We've always stuck with this 4 3. We're a bit predictable. You'd thinking maybe with Taylor being out, this was that opportunity again to just change things up, take it to put Audrey aside that's low in form and low in confidence. Could be a perfect chance. But, um, Brendan's chosen not to do that. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think, you know, in the face of it, you look at that and you go, it's a very strong team. It's one that you would expect to go to Pataudry and come away with the three points. And hopefully, 
make it a wee bit easier on Chris and Ian to have to do a post-match show uh, easier than our one last week against Ross County. Yeah, the thing with that one, I mean, we've had some ups and downs on the match day coverage, obviously covering every single kick of the ball that Celtic have had since uh, the the fabled 10-in-a-row season, the season that never was, the, the lockdown season. And we've covered every single match since then. So there's been some disappointments. And last week, it was just a case of the flatness of it all. There was a real lack of intensity, lack of creativity. And after the game, it was uh, obviously then Brendan Rodgers' um, opportunity to speak maybe to the fans. And then I don't think he hit the, the mark for that. And then you're thinking, OK, it's all right. We've got a few days in the transfer window to to give us something to be excited about, Ian. And then that was a bit of a damp squib as well. I mean, when I'm looking at that team lineup, going on one of the points Kevin's already raised, uh, Brennan Rogers was talking about maybe a lack of bravery in the transfer market. I think we're very predictable on the park as well. I think Brendan suffers a bit from that very predictable. And that lineup was very predictable today. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I, I kind of thought that he would go go with that, that kind of uh, that kind of plan as he always does, you know, and I think, you know, so I'll see how we go for the first first half, I suppose. Um, I, I was saying in the group chat, I think, you know, if it depends on how Aberdeen set up. Obviously, I think it was, if it was Barry Robson, I would have fancied us to get to have a decent decent win uh, based on the fact that he actually would, would have gone for it a little bit, so we'd have a bit more space. Whereas if it's set up differently, the way, you know, a la way, the way uh, Ross County and the sort of other teams have been playing, Pack basically ten men behind the ball. I think we're struggling. We are struggling to, to, to break teams down. Partly is it could we can't we maybe can't even get up for it. You know, but um, we're seeing to be more 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 kind of um, more up for the sort of the bigger games. You know, the bigger occasion. Um, so that's that's a that's a problem. Um, but I think yeah, it was predictable. Um, Brendan is pretty pretty predictable. We keep talking about three five two. I keep talking about three. We're talking that. Before we came on 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 air, about a three five two, you know, the opportunity to sort of maybe have a, a go at it, you know, there's a, there's a, a an interim manager at Aberdeen, we could be there for, there for the taking, you know, but um, yeah, let's see how it goes, you know, an early goal and then another a second one or maybe a penalty and we actually score it this week, maybe the order of the day for the first half. Well, I know who wouldn't be taking it, but I was the captain, and that's for sure. I'm going to bring this up before coming to you, Chris uh, Craig. Yeah. Aberdeen will adopt a siege mentality because they have no manager. We need to be up for a battle today or we're in trouble. If we fight back and play our best, we win. The reason I'm bringing this up, Craig, I think it's a very good point because, you know, if I'm sitting here and Greg Taylor's playing at left-back, I'm still pointing out the fact that he lacks a physicality. That is the weak area for set-pieces. We have lost so many goals down that side and mainly it's targeted on the set-piece. We're just not strong enough. And I think that to replace him with a guy that's of a similar physical kind of, um, it, it's got similar physical attributes, Chris. I just don't think it solves the problem, right? So it's nothing personal to Burnaby. I, I don't think we've seen enough from it from him as a defender to suggest that he's going to give us that physicality we need when we're defending. Because last week, Kevin and I watched it. We're a goal ahead, and you're thinking, by the way, squeaky bum time. You know, any single time they get a corner kick or a free kick. You're not confident we can defend it, and I'm no more confident with Burnaby in that defence. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And listen, take it from someone who's five foot five foot nine on a good day, and only if I'm wearing Kevin heels. Um, you know, I, I, I was constantly getting bullied whenever we played fives or whatever. You know, just 
didn't matter how high I jumped, I would never win a ball in the air. And I think we've seen it with Greg Taylor, uh, particularly in the Champions League. You know, balls thrown into that um, to that left hand side, um, and and he, you know, physically, you know, it's, it's, it's not his fault, right? He can't change your height, he is, but physically, you know, he's he's often outmatched, and that results in the, the the second ball being pinged into the box. Now, look, I want to give Bermaby the benefit of the doubt, right? I mean, we haven't seen much of him. Um, he's pulling on the hoops today, so we'll kind of get behind him. And, you know, he could end up having a career renaissance to, to rival Liam Scales if he gets some regular football. Um, but I think the, the the big concern for me is Bernabe's not really been part of this first-team squad all season up until recent weeks. I mean, he's, yeah. he was so out of favour. I mean, he wasn't making the bench on a, a lot of occasions. So he was clearly not preferred as the, as the backup to, to Greg Taylor by, uh, by Brendan Rodgers when Taylor was fit. So... Is this now a sign of absolute desperation that Bernabe's in? It's just the fact we don't have anyone else. I mean, I think we had the, the young fella coming up to the youth who's now injured. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, for me, it smacks of this is last resort time. But, as I say, he could prove us wrong. Maybe we have an absolute blinder. But you're right. Physically, his stature, but we've not really addressed the, 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 the issue that we've got with Greg Taylor, which is the height and the physicality to fend off those those long high balls uh, heading into that left side air box. I know, and it's not just in Europe that we get uh, targeted. We've seen it domestically. These teams are not great football teams. Ross County, Dundee, St Mirren, well, they're not great football teams, Livingston, but they know how to target us, yeah. uh, Kevin. Now, I don't subscribe to the... Uh, listen, I, one or two people on the socials seem to be happy with their recruitment, Kevin, when I look through my threads and my posts. But I would say that the vast majority of the opinion I've seen both in the comment section and on the social media channels is that people are unhappy, Celtic fans are unhappy with the recruitment. We're going into this game today, Chris is quite right in what he says, it's it's pretty clear that Brendan Rodgers does not fancy Burnaby. He's not been part of the squad until recent weeks, until we're desperate for a left-back, Kev. We've signed 11 players this season, not one of them was a left-back. How can anybody stand up for that recruitment record when we are clearly needing a left-back? I mean, Mitchell Frame, yeah, would have been brilliant last week, but he's obviously picked up an injury. You can play someone out of position like Tony Ralston. We suggested that last week, Kev. I would even say Liam Scales is out of position at left-back. These are things you could tinker with. But the option of playing the natural, most experienced left-back is Burnaby. That's not good enough for me. We brought in 11 bodies and we're still playing Burnaby. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how anyone can really look at our dealings in the transfer market over how far back do you want to go, actually? Last 18, 24 months and say that we've we've done well. It's, uh, it's beyond me that anyone wants to justify that. But if you just want to isolate that January transfer window there, it's been, it was shocking. Like, we're going in and trying to fill the same holes that we had to fill in the summer, and we've come out of it with the same holes still gaping, like they're still there. It's uh, it's uh, it's bad management. It's bad squad management. It's yeah. horrendous. And uh, yeah, the fact that you've got Bernabeu, the guy that we're saying towards the end of the transfer window, maybe he's getting a couple of games to put him in the shop window so that someone else takes him off of our hands, and no one's willing to do it. Tells you the kind of level that he's at. I mean, maybe Chris is right and he could have the renaissance. He could be the next Tony Ralston and come back to the grave and the next scales and reinvent himself. But I don't see it. I haven't seen enough to, in him to suggest that he's a left back. 
Uh, I do think that he could potentially be a left wing back for us if we ever went to that 3-5-2 that we all talk about. That might play to his strengths. Uh, but as a left back, no. And again, Chris is right. He's like five foot four, five foot five. The biggest deficiencies in his game are things that he now cannot control, but other teams will target. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're looking at that team and you're looking at somewhere to strengthen, you look and go left back, it's been targeted. Even when our best fullback is there, Greg Taylor, we get targeted there. What's the weakness? It's height, it's physicality. Bring someone in that plugs that gap. And we haven't done it. Um, and the fact that the only player we brought in is uh, is Ida, and apparently we didn't look to him until Monday. Aye. <clears throat> has been. Yeah, I was going to mention that, right, because I didn't want the pre-match to be all about recruitment. It's going to keep in, unfortunately, right? But see what you've just mentioned there, Kev. Uh, James McKenzie went to the, the press conference with Ida. It was a, it was a six-minute presser with the, the fan media channels. Two uh, fan media platforms were in in the pre-match. This is all normal. It's all set up way in advance. So it's just your Donald Duck if you're in there or not, right? We are not in there until a couple of weeks down the line. So James McKenzie was part of the IDA and, and uh, press conference. Two things I took from it. Um, I never realised having a, an Irish striker on your arm uh, would cause so much controversy. <laughs> Honestly, the guys Irish, Celtic, were born of oppression to support People, a huge amount of whom were from Ireland within, uh, within uh, you know, three different parishes in, in Glasgow. And, you know, so what? He's pointing to a, a tricolour on his arm. Get over it, man. I mean, double denim. Um, I was going to say double denim. It's Anthony Aiken. It must have been the alteration there. Anthony Aiken, long-time uh, viewer of Axon. We're a club founded by an Irishman. We are, an, in essence, an Irish club. The tricolour is the Irish flag. I don't get the comparison with the Rangers and the No, neither do I, Anthony, honestly. I, I, we're in that kind of scenario. We're in that world, in that era where criticism has to be found. And if there isn't any, we'll find it, Ian. People are sitting there absolutely determined to be unimpressed with everything. I mean, come on, man. Get behind the guy. I, I didn't expect us to be going for Norwich's third-choice striker, right? Didn't. He has told us at the press conference, I only heard of the interest on Monday morning. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at the left-back position that we were apparently looking at, the PSG, uh, who obviously had, had major injury issues, a great player, uh, Levin Kurzawa. And then I look at his agent, and he's in the same agency as Rocco Vata, and I'm wondering to myself, is this another recommendation? Are we, are we using data-driven recruitment? Or are we just working on recommendations here? Because we know that we've obviously been in discussions with Rocco's agents over the last few weeks. Ian. Uh, nothing for me is convincing me that we're we are any good at recruitment. I, I just think that we are stumbling across decent players. And Ange Postacoglu identified Moy. They identified Kyogo and Maeda and Hatati. No one will convince me otherwise. That was down to Ange. Right, OK, do we give credit for Juranovic, Yakamakis, Starfield? Well, O'Reilly, you've got to. You've got to. But since then, we've had a change ahead of recruitment. So that, that for me, was astonishing. I knew it was bad, but when when it, when the player himself confirms, Ian, that it was last-minute Larry, you just yeah. think, wow, it's amateur hour. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you know, any, any, any business, you know, you sort of, I've got any sort of corporate situations, and it's like, the biggest thing you always hear when these things are failing is they want to change resist change and it's because it's the way we've always done it. This is what we've always done. Mm. That's 
Celtic. That's Celtic's recruitment. That's Celtic under Desmond. You know, that's the way we've always done it. That's the way they'll continue to do it. And 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 that's it. So the law, you really, uh, even though the the, the wheels are potentially going to come off and you know a big style if we don't win the league. You know, they don't don't seem to care. You know, um, but in terms of the younger boy that that's just sort of landed in, I mean, he's almost like he sounds a bit like a, you know he's won the won the lottery a little bit. You know, he's I didn't realize he was a fan. Obviously, his Irishness, but he's he's come out and said, you know, he's, all his family are, are Celtic fans, and he had other options, and he and he really pushed for the move. I was a little bit, you know, I suppose not. Hopefully, I wasn't on the bandwagon, but I just felt I was let. I felt let down as we all did. You know, and I was talking on the group chat. I was like, I, I think I said, you know, you can clip this. You know, Van Hoydon will pull up trees and end up in the Premier League, and this guy will go back between the, back to Norwich with his tail between his legs, and then. I, start, I watched his, his highlights. Obviously, anyone can look decent in, in, in a highlights reel. But that was twin with his with his interview. And he seems, you know, old and wise beyond his years. You know, he was saying the right things. He didn't seem like one of these kind of, you know, brain-dead footballers you hear, you know, with this, this kind of, you know, homogenised rhetoric. They all, all come out with this media-trained pish, basically, you know, Um Excuse my French, but you know he seems he seems like he got a bit sometimes, of sometimes. Yeah, and sometimes there's no other word for it. Let's be uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with Billy Corney that one. You know, I, just, I know at least seventy five words, and I still prefer the words. <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, it punctuates things quite nicely. But it, it, so um, perceptionally, from my from my perspective on the perception of him, it changed dramatically. Um, he looks like he's got various different strings to his bow. He was, you know, he was he. he, he Picking the ball up deep, out wide, and carried the ball. Uh, I noticed in a few, a few, few clips, he can take a penalty. Um, not, nothing much with his head. Didn't seem to be, um, um, but you know, pretty handy with the ball at his feet, um, and and powerful and strong. You know, so um, he actually looked like he was an older, an older player than than O. Despite the fact I think they're probably both the same age. Yeah, yeah. So whether that's because he's playing in a tougher league. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's a bit more hustle and bustle down there, you know. And I don't know if he played. Uh, was it was he playing um, Gaelic football when he was younger as well? Someone said that. I mean, that might be just a false memory. But anyway, but he, he seems like he's you know he's he's got a lot more um, than I actually realised. So, um, albeit the fact that he was a you know probably just contacted by an agent, you know, we 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 might end up winning a watch like we did with Kyogo. Here's fingers crossed. Here is hoping. I mean. 
Um, I, I might have said that we had a different head of recruitment when we bought all the players. We didn't have any head of recruitment, actually, was the, was the uh, official take. We didn't have a head of recruitment. But then perhaps um, the CEO was working more closely at that point, or CEOs <laughs> were working more closely at that point because obviously we spanned a couple, Don McKay and then Michael Nicholson, with the manager. Um, and for me, I just think that when... Brendan Rodgers is presented with a host of players and he said he has been and he also says that there were a few deals um, in the making and the other club weren't playing ball. Celtic were prepared to do business, this kind of thing. It's a difficult window. The cliches start getting rolled out. The bottom line is this, we brought in two guys and they're not instantly in the starting 11. Um, Chris, would you have changed anything today? Would you have brought in Kuhn? Or even I, I made a suggestion earlier that, that Kyogo's having a hard time of it, be that adapting to the, the changing style of our wingers, um, not really being involved in the game. I, I'm, by the way, caveating that by saying without Kyogo, we're not top of the league this season. Absolutely 100%. Just look at the two Rangers games. Um, would it have been a, an opportunity, just with everything taken into account, would it have been an opportunity just to shift Kyogo out wide where he plays for Japan, where he played mostly of his football? Over in Japan, Liam Carrigan tells us he's a very handy player out there. To get him more involved in the game, Chris, to get him, you know, building his confidence again and maybe playing somebody else through the centre. Was that ever going to happen? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I think we've, we've seen the, the tactical inflexibility all season, right? Just just the trying the same system over and over again. Um, you know, and more often than not, it, it works domestically, and, um, but, but but not always. And I think teams are starting to read how we how we play. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's value in looking at Kyogo playing out wide. Uh, we had the discussion before about the comparisons between Kyogo and Henrik Larsson. But look, you know, night, night and day in terms of what they achieved at the club. And Henrik, for me, is my absolute favourite player of all time so um, you know I, I, I really do like Kyogo um, I think he's a fantastic player there are two real similarities between the way they play um, one I think is the is the, the movement the intelligent movement that they both had they always seem to make runs just a little bit quicker and see opportunities a little bit quicker than the players around them so that, that's one commonality and the other one is the reaction time um, I remember watching um, I think it was one of Henrik Larson's old coaches and he used to say Henrik would see things about uh, somewhere anywhere between eight and eleven seconds faster than than the players they play around. You know, he'd just read the situation quicker. And I think Kyogo demonstrates a wee element of that. But at the moment, he's playing a role where he's relying on service. He's relying on the other guys reading the runs that he's making, reading them in time for him to get there, beat the offside trap, um, get in behind, and, and, and get one on one with the keeper. So I think there's merit in saying could we move Kyogo out wide? actually get more involved in the build-up play, let him use those attributes in a slightly different way um, uh, and, you know, be a guy who's kind of, you know, providing the service to someone like either if it is or, 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 or when he comes back, you know, just, just say, you know, utilise some of that intelligent movement, that intelligent, uh, you know, that ability to see things just a little bit quicker, maybe get the quick distribution into the, into the middle, which I think we sometimes lack. So, yeah, I would have, uh, given a choice, I would have absolutely done that. But, you know, as the guys have said, and, you know, as Kev, Kev referenced earlier, you know, uh, we're going to have to get two shots where you please play 3-5-2 uh, on it and go, and go to the game, try and get Brendan's attention. I think, you know, if you play Kyogo up there with any sort of partner, you split the defence. You split the defenders' responsibilities, right? You take, you know, if we're up against two central defenders and a couple of wing-backs, you split them if you put a partner up there. And that unleashes Kyogo to make those intelligent runs. You know, even when we saw Larson playing at his best, 
playing off a guy like Sutton, playing off a guy like Hartson. Look at the, 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 the success he had. And yet we're seeing, we're seeing Kyogo with his kind of, you know, diminutive stature, can be up there against two big giant defenders all by himself. I mean, come on, a guy's good. He's not that good. Well, you know, you're, you're talking about this uh, inflexibility, and I, I do believe that, that that exists, but I keep thinking back to the, the striker that Brendan Rodgers inherited first time round. Right, I'm going to go back to this. We Lee Griffiths, and we know how everything happened, right? But he inherited a striker that was scoring 40 goals a season. And like straight off the bat, you kind of got the sense that it was never going to be that player for Brendan, was he? No. Brendan had his own idea of bringing in a big, powerful striker in, in Moussa Dembele. What followed then was a, a technical player in Eduard later on. And, um, you know, Griffiths' career went on a downward spiral. Listen, I'm not blaming Brendan for that. Lee has to take that on his own chin. But he didn't fancy him, even though he was a prolific goal scorer. And we didn't play to Lee Griffiths' strengths. And th- there is a, a similarity. I'm not comparing the players. I think Kyogo's a far more gifted and talented and technical player than Griffiths was. But Griffiths was a goal scorer. He would score oh, yeah. goals Fred, all day long. And that th- dried up when, when Brendan came in. There's some brilliant comments coming through. And I've just got to get this in, uh, Chris, because as soon as you join Axom, People will start um, saying that you've got a doppelganger and we've got to get it out there. And we've got a new one for Kevin McCluskey as well, which I cannot argue with. And also Michael McDonald's obviously looking at my my new uh, silver streaks and he is saying that top left Fabrizio Ravinelli. No problem with that. (laughs) I've been called a lot worse, mate. Um, We've also got bottom left, Lee Mack. By the way, he's nailed it. You are Lee Mack. Have a look at it on Google. We've not got one for you yet, Ian. I'm waiting on that. Bottom right, here we go. Maestro comes in. Bottom right, Michael Ball, he's a son. There we go. Listen, as soon as you appear on Ian's had Jürgen Klopp, by the way. Jürgen Klopp. Get the cap on. Get the cap on. There we go. Right, some great points. I've been just watching all of them coming in on the side, and there's some belters that have come in. Chris, somebody's talking about the beardy guy from Home Improvements as well, and I'm not happy with whoever that was because that just sounds like an insult. But, um... Some guy used to live around the corner from us. There's a guy called um Mark Miller. Have you heard of him? He's, he, he, he wrote Kick Ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's for Crook Bridge, isn't he? Aye. Yeah. Celtic fan, but of Albion Rose as well, yeah. Mark Graphic Miller, good. Novels, yeah. <laughs> and um, in fact, I read one of them, and I think it was the one that was. What was the movie that was adapted from one of his graphic novels with James McAvoy in it? What was that movie called? Can you remember? And um, in the actual graphic novel, the good guys have got Celtic strips, and the bad guys have got Rangers strips. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Look it up. No. Look it up. No. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Some is it like wanted or taken or something like oh, that? Wanted. Uh, is yeah. it wanted? Yeah. yeah. And then it was adapted into that movie. Have a look at that. The hoops do appear and the bad guys, I think there's some zombies in there and they're wearing ranger strips. So Mark Miller, nice one. Um, Alan Robertson, good to hear from you, Alan. Uh, Alan used to pop in when we had the studio in Dalkeith. Uh, good chats and cups of tea with Alan. Get Kyogo in the penalties. I don't understand why not. There was, a, there was a point in the season, lads, where Kyogo wanted to take one, remember, and the ball was taken off him. Um, Liam Devine, Matt Lowell was Angie's guy because Mark identified Angie through the city group 100% Liam and again the planning was questionable. I remember at the time being told by the club that uh, Angie had been one of the candidates alongside Eddie Howe 
later on, Ange tells a story about when he was identified. It was two days after Eddie gave us the knockback. Um, so, yeah, last minute again, Liam, Ange got rid of Mackay, spoke out publicly against the speed of the business, you'll remember, and Mackay was gone almost immediately. Yeah, you're right. Uh, some great points. Ida is getting a flack for the board schoolboy recruitment, in all fairness. I agree with this. It's nothing to do with the boy. I want him to do really, really well. Um, it is really down to a frustration that we feel with the board and the recruitment team. Um, when Ida plays for our club, you get behind them 100%. Absolutely. Haircuts today, wow, the best yet. It's all about the haircuts and the Matalan jackets. Absolutely. I'll take Ravenelli over Leanne Dempster, uh, gents, because I've had that quite a few times. You know, I, I, was telling the, I was telling the guys, so I, I, I did what I said I wasn't going to do, and I actually watched back the show yesterday just to do a wee <laughs> bit of self-criticism. And I was watching the comments as they were coming in, thinking, I don't want to look at this. And the guys were absolutely brilliant. I've got to say, see the guys in the chat, who I, I, I know a few of them pretty well, and I've met a, a few of them in person, but they're all brilliant guys, and they were really, they, they weren't as merciless as what I thought. But one of my favourite comments was, I, you did well, Chris, really good job, but get the hair softened out, mate. <laughs> ah, it's a culture club, isn't it? It really is. Aye. It's all about the style and the fashion. Here we go, Aberdeen's lineup: Roos, Devlin, Mackenzie, Shinny, Jensen, Gartenman, McGrath, Baron, Miofsky, Phillips, Paul Vara. On the bench, Duhan, XL, Clarkson, Duke, Hayes, XL, Sockler, Morris, Duncan, McDonald, and Milne. And that that kind of um, situation that you often find yourself in uh, at a football club whereby you're in between managers or you get a new manager, they call it the new manager bounce, Kevin McCluskey. We've got to be aware of that. I think we do, yeah. It's always, it's, uh, it could be the worst possible time to play a side is when they've just lost a manager because every single one of those players will be kind of fighting for the future to some degree, looking to impress whoever the new man is that's going to come in. So you can very well see that Aberdeen will play one of the better games that they have over the course of the season this afternoon. Or we see the Aberdeen side that's cost the manager the job and it becomes apparent why. So this is a game that could go either way, really, in terms of Aberdeen's performance. But I would still say that regardless of, of how Aberdeen play, if they play to their best, our best is still good enough to win the game. Uh, our 80-90% should still be good enough to see us over the line and win the game. If we just concentrate on getting our game right, then the basics will win. But um, Aberdeen do have a couple of players in there that could make life difficult for us. I'd like to, I'm interested, rather than would like to see, I'm interested to see how the lad Connor Barron does, because I hear a lot of good things about him. Uh, and I know from his time over here how good Mayovsky is. And he's obviously, you know, a player that was apparently linked with us. And you can see the headlines being written that he gets the late winner. It's in the script, isn't it? Ruins our season. Gone, so let's gone. hope that doesn't happen. The good thing here, Kevin McCluskey gave us the lowdown on Mayovsky when he was over in Hungary. Lee James gave us a, a right good background, Ian, on um, our new signing Ida yesterday, you know, when he was coming through the ranks um, as a, an Irish underage international. I took it for granted um, that he was going to be giving us a wee bit more of a, an aerial prowess. James said, no, he's not actually going to do that. He might give you more aggression, more physicality, but in terms of his aerial duels, that's noise. He's, he's forte. I'm going to bring this up, Jungle Lion saying the bench is an eye-opener. The point I would make, Jungle Lion, is we've got Vata on the bench who, for large spells of this season, has been unhappy. Obviously, not getting a game. Um, we've got James Forrest, who apparently was told, well, we'll sell you if we get an offer um, in this window. And we don't have Gustav Lagerbjelk, who we kept 
despite the fact that Lecce wanted them, Ian. Um, I'm not saying Vata's unhappy. Forrest and Lagerbjelk, that's a difficult one, is it not? To keep two guys having told... One of them had one foot out the door, the other one had been told, you're surplus to requirements, but I might need you this season. How on earth can you then tap back into the guys' mentality and get them to fight and win for you? It's like you're treating them like commodities, you know, they're humans, and it's it's just really bad management, man management, you know. Um, whose idea that was, I don't know. Hopefully it wasn't the manager, so he can blame, you know, the wider group perhaps, I don't know. But, oh man, yeah, it was just it's just amateur, to be honest. Amateur and insensitive. They're humans, Ian. This is the thing, right? Uh, because I know that the, the, the kind of stock answer, the default answer is they get a good uh, wage, they should earn it. Absolutely. But see, in any job, if you're told, I don't want you. If your gaffer says, I don't rate you, I don't want you. It's pretty hard to come back from that, right? It's, it's pretty hard to then focus yourself on yeah. a game of football, high intensity, high pressure football, where you've got to win every game. But then that said as well, you know, it's happened before with other players. Some players shrink. And some of the other players they see as a challenge and they go, right, I'll show you. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that it could work that way as well. You never know. Um, maybe it's a mind game for Brendan, you know. Um, you know, who knows, man? It, it's, it's, uh, it could have been handled better, but uh, hopefully hopefully it's the latter and they, and they, they knuckle down. Well, maybe not so much Forrest, but uh, Lagerby out, you know, and he knuckles down and gets stuck in and, and, and becomes a player for us. I hope so. He'll be sitting in that stand freezing at Pitoji uh, this afternoon, unfortunately, for him. Let's go to reaction. It's Aberdeen against Celtic. We'll be back at uh, half time for your thoughts. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Enjoy the game and join us again at half time for a Celtic state of mind. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.